monastery residence. So uh, it's basically, I'm just putting everybody lives here on the spot, but anybody can ask a question. You could help the monastery residents out because they're usually a little slow. Live here for a while and you kind of slow down. So. Uh, so I think I just think it would be helpful. We might do a, a several of these talks. Maybe whenever, whenever I can't think of something else, we'll do a, give it a number or something. So questions from monastery residents, and this is the idea here is uh, could be a could be any question. So I'm not limiting anything, but it, possibly a question that might bring out something about uh, what it's like uh, to have lived here for several years and what how how your practice is affected by different things. One of the things that very much affects affects everyone's practice probably goes without saying is if you're following a really strong form which this is pretty strong six and a half hours uh, every weekday and almost that on saturday uh sitting meditation and uh and then a, a study session uh at least once a day and sometimes twice a day with uh, sangha so you're very much connected with sangha and there's a there's a little bit of pressure uh, happening when you know that uh, the other six people are in the are here at seven o'clock in the morning and you're not. Uh, interesting thing though is no one actually, people might check on you, see how you're doing, but nobody is going to, no, we don't make that wrong. So these are forms to be observed. I'll say that again. These are forms to be observed. Part of the difficulty that happens in the world is the laws are to be obeyed. And this is totally disrespect, disrespecting people, disrespects everyone. And this is why uh, a lot of our society just goes into goes into the dark and works in that area uh, rather than staying out here where we can see what's going on. So that way, people here don't really have to hide anything. You can just say, I don't feel good. You can even say, I don't feel like sitting. I might want to hear about it. I might want to talk to you, but you're not going to be banished from the monastery particularly. So everyone is so different. Everyone's wiring, everyone's karma. I, I don't even know a good word because karma has so many. Let me say karma, then all the things that come in there, including the cologne that's called karma. And, uh, and, and uh, karma, uh, is karma, what is it? There's some kind of housing, house finder or something called. No, that's karma house. That's us. Yeah, okay. So, uh, so let's start with that. questions if you have any, sir. I was just wondering if you say maybe what motivated this talk or why is this helpful? Okay, so motivation is uh, first. I couldn't think of what else to say. <laughs> <laughs> talk about that and talk about that. I talk about. I've said that fifteen hundred times. So uh, I think it, it addresses something that that uh, an area that people who live in you know uh, Europe, which is you know I think there's three people watching this over there. But, you know, people who are living in a long ways away who may never get here and might not know about what this, uh, what this actual practice situation is like. And so um, it's, some people don't even know it's a monastery, perhaps, although we say that quite a bit. But that means that you, the ones who live here, uh, have their practices different than someone who's practicing at home and practicing in their bedroom or their shrine room, meditation hall, uh, or, in a, or in a different uh, place altogether. Most people, if they practice on their own, don't practice six and a half hours a day, every day for months and years, which that's what the people here do. And why do they do that? Because the way it looks to me, uh, it's going to take a lot. It takes a lot. The, the force of karma is so incredibly intense. It's so intense that it actually creates this physical form. It's so powerful and it is so dependently arisen. Again, I'll repeat this, dependently arisen. That means that this 
causes that, but also this and 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 endlessly, just about endlessly, cause that. So anytime you see something, there's not one cause for that. There's there there you can't count them. If you counted them, you wouldn't have anything else to do. Yes. I had a question about student-teacher relations in the mass thing. Yes. Um, uh, from the outside, it can look like a cult of personality. Mm -hmm. That there's kind of obeying or subservient. Mm -hmm. um, even this weekend, you know, I was with my family, and I said, "Well, I would, I would probably check with my teacher before I do that." Mm -hmm. I don't understand that. And they said that to you. They don't really understand. Yes. Of course, they don't. I'm wondering but, if you could say um, how the dynamic between the yeah. teacher and student changes and why that's important and not okay. completes giving up. It might be just the opposite of giving up your intelligence. People, if people don't know what something is, instead of being open about it, I, I not know, I don't know. Instead, people project ideas and opinions on it. Uh, out of what? Out of not wanting to not know. And what is that about? Ego. Wanting a reference point. Wanting a reference point. Ego will settle for false reference points in order to know. We see it everywhere. Settling for something that is, even if we suspect it's probably not true, it's better to just know what you believe or what you disbelieve. And so the way it supports uh, each person's intelligence is if you have a, a structure or a teaching person who knows better than to meddle with you, who had, who had a good teachers themselves and, and knows or understands through whatever causes and conditions arises this given situation, knows not to how much to help you and how, how much to mind uh, your own business. In ancient times, it uh, probably was necessary in the time of Dogen in the 13th century, you probably had a, as I've said before, Dogen had a, the parents there in ancient Japan, go study with Dogen. You know, so he had a bunch of 16-year-old monks studying with him. So of course, he's going to have strong rules. He's going to be pretty parental. But this situation, we don't have that. We have a situation that is, I like to say that it's mutual. So I, I might, I'm already telling you a lot to do by just saying, follow these forms, observe these forms. And if you can't, just let me know what's happening. If you can't do it, if you, have, if you have a job to go to or something. So I think the mutuality of it is sometimes missed because the, 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 the teaching person, if they are getting their authority through rules and laws and, and some kind of submission, then this is, a, uh, this is probably not so helpful. Though, though in ancient cultures in Tibet, you know, the word of the guru was some kind, some, some kind of... Uh, Holy writ, or you know, can't can't contradict the guru. That's even falling, uh, bleeding over. Probably not a good metaphor, but into uh, into our Western world also. And I had a teacher who was a uh, who was a guru. So, well, go ahead. I was wondering if you could say how that is not parental the residents um, asking permission or basically including you in almost every aspect yeah. of your life within and outside of. So it is somewhat. But you, you, but I get my so-called authority as the abbot or teacher, head person, uh, from you. Uh, you. I'm sure you, those of you who live here, have noticed that if you, if you want to leave, I don't try to talk you out of that. Well, it depends. If it's Brittany, I try to talk Brittany out. <laughs> so I don't, you know. Uh, but some people are just wired where they have to. Anytime they feel the slightest bit closed in, they have to leave, and so. Brittany's left several times, I think, as I recall, left with no guarantee of coming back. And then because this uh, situation, if my word's not hers, she might say something else, because this is not really a prison. 
it's really an open dimension where you can come, you can sit, you can train your mind, and you're supported by other human beings who are also their primary motivation for what they're doing here is to is to see the truth for themselves, find out who they are, find out find out something deeply about why the why suffering arises. And I'm here to uh, I can't do it for you, but I can continue to point through the help that I got from my teachers who also did not meddle, though it might look like they did. They did not. Yes. To what degree could somebody outside of the monastic setting begin to practice or relation it be? So I have students who are a long ways away. I have one student uh, in France who's in a solitary retreat under my guidance. Um, Some that I met many years ago, haven't seen them in quite a while. And so they're they're functioning, uh, depending on their situation, they're they're functioning somewhat that way. Is that what you're asking about? Um, I'm just wondering about, (coughs) I think about how closely we relate to you as far as what we're doing. If there would be any aspect of that that would be helpful or supportive for those not. Well, one of the things that I encourage people to do is to join our book study, which happens, well, five of them are every day at noon. And you can either come here if you don't live here, or you can call in. And if we, if we were to get too many people, which we have not, then we would break up into different groups probably and have a, and study a particular traditional text. So that's, that's one way of, of, the monastery is very strong. The forms are observed pretty closely. It's rare that I don't show up to one of those studies, and it's also rare that there isn't someone there facilitating that study, and we go over the same books over and over again because they're so difficult. Lankavatara Sutra, Sambhina Machana Sutra, Heart Sutra, Diamond Sutra, and uh, and then even sometimes the early teachings of the Buddha and the Agamas. And then we study some contemporary uh, writings, uh, Kobanchina Roshi's uh, transcribed talks and Koban's. And so... Uh, to have this strong situation is helpful to the people who are participating by living here and the people who live next door, <laughs> so, uh, which is another way of doing it. And then there's uh, people who call in from distance and they actually get a, get a feeling of that, of that, uh, that study situation. When people, if people really want to study, they find this is a different way of studying. It's not, you're not just sitting down. You can sit in your own room and uh, read, uh, progressive stages of meditation on emptiness, but difficult to understand that in one read, even even the one who, whose series of talks uh, that represents a Kempo Sultram Jamso, even tells his students when he tells them to read the book, he says, read it 10 times. And so that's kind of what we're doing uh, here with this. We're taking a book, even that book we've studied at least once, maybe twice, <clears throat> and we'll be, be studying it again to go slowly through it and discuss and include others from the outside. Did I cover your question? Your, yeah, yes. Um, kind of piggybacking on what Sheehan's question was, as a temporary resident um, and thinking about going home and how I would want to continue mm-hmm. parts of this lifestyle there without an actual sangha mm-hmm. of the people, yes. um, how would you suggest to, other than so you can FaceTime and go in a book study um, and definitely use your sitting practice, but when it comes to peer support, um, is it encouraged to get like-minded together to sit no. together to, it is not encouraged. So I can say more about your question though. I could say use the forms that are already here that tie you into it, like book study, call into book study. The thing I would like, I would say, uh, I say this to anyone who comes or works in a similar situation, do not try to get your spouse or anyone around you to meditate. Don't try to create a Sangha. Don't do it. Respect other people's path. 
if they they know what you're they know they'll know what you're doing they're probably gossiping behind your back right now <laughs> what's he doing what's she doing in that that's is that a cult i don't know it's that <laughs> what's that called bootyism isn't that the golden guy they you know so i'm, I'm mocking uh, making fun of them of course there's also some probably some very intelligent conversations about this situation that are there where they're concerned about you and trying to trying to see is that it seems like that's going to be helpful i know some people have supported you to be able to come here to for the tuition and so on so so some people really are trusting you that you know she must know she wants to do this it must be something that's uh, uh particularly worthwhile but i would say when you go back only just answer questions don't fill in if, if people ask you nothing uh talk about the weather and eventually they'll say so what, the, what was that like for you there wink 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 okay. it was really good i got in they had a they had a they had a spa <laughs> so but but you could share if someone asks you then of course say well it was a lot of med sitting meditation and then stop period don't don't expand don't sell don't market this don't market this place based on your preconceptions about what it is which you have them or your preconceptions about who you're talking to which you have those too it's very hard to know who you're talking to one of the ways you know you can find out who you're talking to is listen a lot wait for the period and even then you might not say anything so stay in touch that's what i would say the best thing to do is stay in touch you can sit on your own uh, you can sit you know what time we sit you can start sitting at the same time every morning at some point i think we haven't done it yet but at some point we're actually going to put something on the internet where uh we're not doing that yet are we yeah at some point we're going to have the morning service at seven o'clock in the morning is going to be well i wouldn't say televised but <laughs> it's going to be uh it's going to be a video when sound so you'll be able to at seven o'clock you'll be able to go to this uh, youtube or wherever and, and and actually hear and see the whole morning service every day which we do uh, seven days a week i've been doing it for five six years didn't you so it's like uh, uh, my understanding of how this works it's more like a mentor situation rather than uh, uh it's more like mentoring or uh rather than uh, somebody telling you what to do so it's more like you say i want help with this and then i then we come up with some conditions on how that works and then you let me know how much help you want someone can come here someone can come here and live for a long time and never uh, receive formally receive vows it's not there's nothing required that way and that that would be up to you so but that would give me a little bit more authority just by virtue of the I, you know that I'm ordained, and you're asking for lay ordination. Then at some point, some people ask for full ordination, and I always tell them, "Don't do it unless you have to." And some people come and ask about it, and I say, "Go think about it some more." Not based on I can, that I know what's best for them necessarily, but I want to make sure they they're really sure about this. We have some people who do this; they're very very sure about it, but still go through the whole thing and then change their mind based on I don't know because they won't won't ever tell you. What they're, what's really going on? More? Right well, right and wrong are kind of a, you know, the we we when we buy into right and buy into wrong, we bought into the three poisons. We bought into belief and disbelief. So I'm not saying that doesn't show up, but but just observe how that kind of floats back and forth in in your mind. You know, just observe that rather than uh, lock down on it. And I would say uh, I think it's different for each person rather than there's one standard way. So each person, some 
some people uh, it's more of an intellectual relationship I have with them, and and, and some people it's a more, it's emotional, more heart to heart feeling I have with people. Sometimes it's both. Sometimes it's that, and sometimes it goes beyond it that I don't even know how to talk about it because it's very powerful, powerful for me. Uh, not separate. Uh, someone who has, has had a realization has not uh, gone somewhere else. They're not, they're not uh, as it says on uh, Charlotte Joko Beck's uh, book title, nothing special. Uh, you're going to feel special or not special, special or not special, special or not special, until uh, it's nothing special. It's just this, and it's not separate. Not separate from anyone. It's much easier to work with someone uh, someone else's uh, difficulty or their mind if you spent just spent half of half or most of your life working with your own and and not not run away from anything more Shoka Jokey Doki No no one should call him that but me <laughs> Everyone ha else has to call him River of River of something or other. River of River of Ask your question which law <laughs> Um, as we, as a, a monastery and as a community, become more public, we seem to interact more with public and political arenas yeah. of our culture. Yeah. Um, wondering how, as a community, we deal with that particular mm -hmm. something is the building inspector of our city without permission walking our buildings and just yeah. looking around and that kind of authority that has an impact on yeah. our, and at the same time, there wasn't communication. Yeah. So how can temple residents and how can interact with situations. Mm -hmm. Less is better. Uh, no, let, let let the authority do whatever it needs to do. Uh, as I think I've said, the best thing is just lock everything up because that, that then you're actually working with the system that is also trying to get into your building to uh, find code violations, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is what we're concerned with because that's that's difficult. If, you, if you're not a, have lots of money coming in, which we don't, code violations are, make it difficult for us. So I would just say, um, be polite and be, uh, and uh, uh, as we've talked about this before, all of us have, as I'm saying there, uh, people who are interested in, in um, manipulating you based on their confusion, based on their passion, aggression, and ignorance, uh, are very uh, easily distracted. The very nature of their confusion is distraction. So uh, when they go for one thing and you and this is a little bit manipulative, but you can, if you talk to someone, it's hard for them to go in and inspect your building. So ask them what their favorite color is, that kind of stuff. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course, but I'm saying you could say, I have a question for you, you're a building inspector. Are these outlets here, are these, you know, are these serviceable? Can we use these? These don't have grounding plugs. Should we, you know, get them to focus on something besides uh, this whole complex over here that's... Exactly. Yes. Acknowledge the. If someone thinks they have authority. Acknowledge it, because you won't. If you fight with them, then you then then the rest of your life goes away, and you've got a war on your hands. It's it's difficult, especially. Yes. In uh, some schools in Buddhism, it's believed that in order to attain realization, one has to strictly follow the Nia yeah. or live a monastic life. Yes. And I'm wondering to what degree monastic lifestyle is important to our realization. So I think it's inter it's, uh, it it's very important for it to get to the point where it even showed up in my life. So I think the Vinaya, or the, the all the, the lineage uh, things that have been going on for 2,500 years are necessary, or couldn't even get to the Dharma couldn't come to the West without really strong even monastic forms. So it's always everything is dependently arisen. 
the teachings of the Buddha are dependently arisen. We, 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 they're dependent upon this and that and this and that and cultures doing this and opening up or closing down. So, but as far as the individual situation, that's where um, I think it needs to be done. And now we, we can do that more these days because we're not, we don't have a strong cultural clamp on us. Like everybody must do this. Everybody must do that. In ancient Japan, uh, those ancient times, uh, people actually believed things. They believed the bullet Buddha possibly was some kind of deity or something. And so um, I'm not saying that those who are doing that, following the Vinaya or practicing Theravada, I think they should go do that. I had a student not too long ago, well, years ago, come who was a student and said, I think I want to go study with a Theravadan. Uh, uh, and we had a good interchange. And I said, well, good luck. You know, let me know how it goes. But never, no, uh, I trust that person to go do whatever you want to do. So I'm not here to try to make sure everybody's doing uh, what what I teach necessarily. More? So the forms factoring into... Yes, observe the form. Which, which All the forms that, that uh, I've created or we've created together. I mean, I've kind of created them, but you, you're the Eno here and other people who live here are supportive of the forms. If you're not, then don't. you shouldn't be here. Go do something else. So it's not, it's not about a right or wrong. These are the forms that are meant to show up so that you can come in and practice the forms, which happen every day over and over and over again. This is meant to, in, in one aspect of this, is so that you can see that you can't repeat anything. Yes. Is that something you would recommend students? To just follow forms? Follow. Um, not generally, I would say. Some, but I, w I wait for people to come to me. If people leave, I might feel sad, but I say goodbye. Is there such, is there such thing as balance between our samsara and our spiritual? This time I'm going to go on vacation, no. the next time I'm going to go that's, And that's a, that's a big challenge for, for us in our culture because it's we're transitioning i mean this is an unusual monastery and some some uh, might might say that's not a monastery <laughs> because because i mean all kinds of reasons they're not following certain rules that uh, the soto shu in japan are doing i'm not concerned with that uh, so um i i think we're just kind of moving along and, and modifying this or changing it or strengthening some areas and maybe stopping doing other things based on how, how it looks uh, from day to day, week to week, month to month. Uh, I, as soon as they started having all-day retreats up in uh, Traverse City, uh, had a, several students up there, we started going up there. So I usually wait until I see, for instance, if, if you hadn't come here, and, and uh, there might not be a monastery. You, you can't have a monastery without monks. <laughs> I tricked you. <laughs> <laughs> Further question? Yes. Um, something that came up for me when trying to see if my real inspiration, realization, or if my inspiration, samsara, yes. Does it matter what our motivation is? I can tell you what it matters. Thank you for the question. It matters. Uh, awareness is what matters. What arises in, in uh, what, anything that arises in awareness is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. And it's dependently arisen. And it is, it is not support itself. It there is no self to be supported. There's, there's just this, and it is, is completely uh, pure from the beginning to the end, if there is such a thing as beginning and end. So all you have to do, what you were, what you were describing there, is you were actually moving your awareness in that area to see what motivation was going on, is to see, see if you were doing this just to feel better. Of course, there's got to be some of that going on. Life is suffering. 
cause of desire. So we, basic teachings of the Buddha. So we bring our awareness into that area of our personal uh, consciousness, mind, and, and look and see how much are how much are we really interested in entertainment? Are we are we interested in this place is a place where you wean yourself away from any kind of uh, constant entertainment? People coming here notice that right away, I think, and then then they uh, they decide or they conclude or they include and they they begin to have an understanding that this probably is something I really should do with my life. Death comes without warning, as it says in the Four Reminders. This body will be a corpse, being very blunt about it. There's only so much uh, time, and uh, I say over and over again, train your mind. Another one, but what does train your mind mean? Find out who you are. Find out what, find out what awareness is. Find out what apparent uh, people are that you're looking at, and find out who is doing the, this observing, this looking. Find, find, find out it's an identity situation. Are there, is there more than one person? Is there more than one identity? Find out. And one of the ways you find out is you look at the motivation of your assumed identity. Am I doing this in order to feel better? That's why we have this vow, Jukai, or for monastics, is vow to be with all things, vow to save all beings, put everyone before yourself. That that's, uh, has to be inspired in order, in order to do that because, it's, because most of the people, first of all, don't want your help. They'd rather stay in their own spinning belief system and uh, and it's a uh, it's an impo- it's impossible to succeed if you're still thinking everything is separate but if you realize that nothing is separate then uh, it's both been already been accomplished and uh, there's a lot of work to do it's not two it's both this is when the relative and the absolute are seen as they are separated in some sense but fundamentally not separate this is where the great perfection of Zogchen comes from what? <laughs> to, to want us to serve all beings, do that. You've had to be jealous and never wants to treat. That's the only way you can do it. That's the only way you can do it. You have to work with your. You have to first. You have to make friends with this, and and the petty jealousy and the irritation and the, all of the things that arise in response to how other other people are acting is that's where you start. Start where you are. Start in your own heart. Come up out of your gut into your heart. Drop down out of your head into your heart. Start here and realize that everybody's suffering. We're suffering. Everyone is suffering. And some people are suffering so much that they have it covered up with this huge pile of concepts, ideas, beliefs, opinions, warfare. And you, you have to respect them. You have to respect someone's uh, confusion as much as you respect their Buddha nature, perhaps more, so that you don't make it worse for them by fighting with them. More. Sent you. Is it okay to have a sense of Yeah, it's pretty good if you can do that. <laughs> Yeah, if you have a purpose, it's kind of like, what? That's what that's what other people are doing. But you have to know what you're doing, but you have to have a plan. This is poor, poor little 17-year-olds and just getting out of high school are badgered by their parents because their parents are fearful and hopeful, two, two sides of the same uh, doubloon, fearful and hopeful, and they, they, they think they better tell them something. Well, it's a, you, know, you could have been doing something a long time ago, but when they're 17, they don't want to badger them. They're, they're making a transition that's very, very important for them to do on their own. And they will ask you. And if someone, uh, uh, if you meet someone who's 17 and doesn't have a purpose, first you could look and see if it's just a, a arrogant ignorance that's happening there. But it actually could be that they're just not sure what to do. And they should be, have, be allowed to have some space. People are come here and practice. Uh, it's pretty spacious from the point of view of uh, having, having a purpose.
uh, Trung Rinpoche has a book title that I really like, Journey Without Goal. You don't have to read the book. Just read the title four or five hundred times. <laughs> Save you a lot of time. Journey, think of that, going somewhere with, without knowing where you're going. This is the, this is the path of the Bodhisattva. This is a, this is a path of the clouds. Don't you have a cloud name? What is it? Yeah, so you, you need to not know where you're going, but just smell good. <laughs> so it's the idea of, of having an open, rather than having some, uh, this is what a plan looks like. And this is what no plan looks like. Ego, self-centeredness, does not like this because I don't have a plan. And then the community, the culture, the parents around you will, what? You don't know what you're going to do next? You know, and here they are, uh, with, are going to use up their whole life just planning stuff. I mean, it's the people are living like they're going to live for, forever, and they're not. Nor are we. We're not. So how do we say? Um, train your mind. Find out, who, find out who you are. And you can do that by sitting down and finding out who you're not. Sit down and look at look at everything that rises in your mind. You're, oh, I'm not that. I'm not that. Neti, neti, neti. This is an ancient uh, Indian practice of not that, not this, not this, not this. Or don't do that. Do something else. Time for what? I'll take one more question from, uh, what was your name again? Oh, that's right. I haven't named you yet. <laughs> uh, my question is about Dharma gossip. Yes. Um, I'm wondering how that would be for others to don't that it seems to relate to if we have a teacher who talk about our practice. Yeah. I think it's a, a Trunk Rinpoche, my first teacher, pointed that out in a, a, a phrase that he used. Uh, he called it the spiritual uh, supermarket or shopping. Uh, and what, I'm paraphrasing him somewhat, but he, he said just going from this to this to this to this and going around, find a path, find, find a path where you, where you have some kind of a teaching person that you can give the benefit of the doubt to. Maybe you can't trust him, but you can so far so good kind of thing and and see look at the community that's around them and then and then stay with that and give it some time you know give it give it a few years give it 10 years give it five years or give it give it some time if you need to so that way you're not constantly deciding things about it because if uh, with the spiritual path because it is it is slowly taking you away from a, a kind of phenomenological orientation into no person's land this is what what it feels like to begin to transcend the ego. You feel more and more lost. That's why the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, the three jewels, are so powerful and helpful. The Buddha's example of sanity, the Dharma, is the truth that he taught. Everything is dependently arisen. And the Sangha is a community of people who are, who are helping each other but not leaning on each other. Helping each other, being with each other, but not, not necessarily buying into anybody's uh, confusion with any kind of... Um, affirmation or denial just this just this all the time well i didn't answer your question yeah maybe later i don't know i might come up with something i probably answered what i wanted to answer rather than what you wanted me to answer time for what dedicate the merit time to dedicate the merit okay and i just like to call everybody's attention to the donation boxes that we have in the hallway we uh, appreciate and always need your financial support we also accept paypal debit and credit card May the merits penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha.